Hi, I'm Presley Pettigo. I'm your 2023 USA National Miss Miss Rocky Top, and this is my interview with the pageant dude. Hello, everyone. It's Adrian from the Pageant Project. Or as Presley rightly pointed out, that pageant dude, whilst I still don't have my <laughs> socials. Uh, but my special guest is Presley Pedigo, who is USA National Miss Rocky Top 2023. Pres, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. I just saw your necklace. That is... Yes, it's my name. Well, pr- spelt the right way? Yes, my mom got it for me for Christmas. I think she got it made somewhere. But no, I wear it oh, every okay. day. It's like my staple. Yeah, that's cool. Because I was going to say you yeah. would have had difficulty, I imagine, finding it without the L E Y at the end. Yeah. So that's cool that yeah, you've got everywhere. that. <laughs> now I can see a bunch of you have tuned in already. So if you have any questions for Press, put them in the comments, and I will pass them on to her. But I'll just read out her short bio here, so you get an idea if you don't know who she is. So she's a 21 year old from Nashville, Tennessee. She is currently a senior at the University of Tennessee, where she will graduate in May with honors in neuroscience and psychology. Her goal is to become a physician associate in women's health to provide a safe and empowering space for young women. In 2019, Presley was crowned Teen Universe USA and her pageant journey has now led to being a state title holder for the USA National Miss System. She will compete at nationals in July 2023, representing Tennessee as Miss Rocky Top. And then she's in brackets, put go <laughs> vols, which I'm going to have to ask her about because I have no yeah. idea what that means. You said in it free... right. I'm surprised. Okay, cool. Sorry. I've got one thing right. In her free time, she loves to do freelance makeup artistry and attend spin classes. And pageantry has allowed Presley to grow into a confident young woman who never gives up on her dreams. You can follow her, as you can see, under her name, at Presley Pettigo. All right. So a couple of things that I need to ask you real quick before we get into any meaty stuff. First off, Miss Rocky Top. Is that the name of like a suburb, a county? What's the Rocky Top? Yeah. So... I go to the University of Tennessee at Knoxville, and I know you're not from the U.S., but Tennessee is long. It's divided into three sections, so middle, west, and east. Uh, Rocky Top is in East Tennessee. That's where my college is, and my university is kind of dubbed Rocky Top. That's our fight song. So it was very fitting, kind of an homage to my senior year to be Miss Rocky Top um, at my final year at the University of Tennessee. Um, That's our fight song. I'm not going to sing it for you. I'm a horrible singer but you can look it up and listen to it. It's by the Osborne brothers. Okay. Yeah. I was going to ask you to sing it because I had, um, I, don't, <laughs> no. uh, I had Savannah miles on who was, I think teen universe, probably mm-hmm. the year after you. And I got her cause she was actually a cheerleader. So okay. I got her to do the, um, she says she can't sing and her <laughs> mom, her mom agreed with her. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> but I got her to do the fight song. Um, and then obviously go Vols. Which you said that I pronounced correctly, but what about yeah. it? I'm imagining it's got to be a team, right? Yes. So the University of Tennessee, we're called the Volunteers. Tennessee okay. actually nicknamed the Volunteer State. So Go Vols is just kind of shortened for Go Volunteers, our football team. Everyone say, okay. says it Vols, but it's Vols. Yeah. So you said it right. Oh, okay. Yeah. I just got lucky there. Probably <laughs> if did. I said it. I thought it was 10 times I'd say it the other way half the time. Uh, Tennessee, what did you say it's known as? The uni- uh, the volunteer state, is it? Yes, the volunteer state. Um, there was a war and the Tennesseans all volunteered to help out on the battlefield. And that's what we're known for. We've been known for it since. And yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Volunteer that's kind state. of a cool, fun fact. I've interviewed two or three oh. other girls from Tennessee. I never knew that. Um, mm-hmm. That goes well into pageantry. And right. why don't we segue into that? So this is not your first title. <laughs> Um, tell us how you got involved in the crazy world of pageantry. Yeah, so I was thinking about this the other day. I really don't remember what drew me to pageantry. I was 15 when I started, but I begged my mom to do it. I begged her to do the county fair. And I was someone who was so shy, so quiet when I was younger and just very awkward. So my mom was just like, no, you're not. That's not for you. (laughs) We're not doing that. But I kept pestering her and she finally gave in and I got bit by the pageant bug as people would say. But yeah, right. I think I looked up to the women who competed in pageantry because 
you know, they were so confident and so sure of themselves. And it takes a lot of courage to step up on a stage like that. And I was someone who was scared to walk to the front of the classroom and turn in a paper, you know, because you would have to walk in front of everyone. So I think I just I wanted to be like the woman in pageantry. And that's kind of what drew me to it in the first place. Well, I got to imagine that um, you're 21 now, so six years on, you, you you have to have changed. I mean, anyone yeah. from the age of 15 to 21 will change probably a lot. It's some of the most formative years of your life. You learn a lot. You make a lot of mistakes. But I got to imagine the um, the shy young Presley at 15 yeah. who wasn't sure whether she could do it on the pageant stage. <laughs> You've changed somewhat since then, right? For sure, yes. I'm actually 22 now. When I submitted the bio, I was 21. But my birthday was last week, so now I'm 22. Oh, happy birthday. Thanks. <laughs> What'd you get up to for your birthday? Uh, honestly, not much. I went home and just spent it with my family. I had some stressful week with classes here at college. So I wanted to go relax and see my dog and see my mom and the rest of my family. And it was good. We had Mexican food because that's my favorite. I ate it pretty much all weekend. Can't go wrong with Mexican food. It's oh, one of those sure. foods that I don't think you can ever have bad versions of it. Mm-hmm. It's just always baseline good. Um, mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit more about Tennessee, though, because I, I think you're the third uh, competitor I've interviewed from Tennessee. I've interviewed yeah. Gracie Pfaff, who uh, was competing at Miss Earth USA, and then Bailey Guy, who obviously was Miss Tennessee Teen. Yeah. Um, and Bailey famously, when when I was interviewing her, she was telling the story of how she got involved, and her mom wouldn't let her get involved because <laughs> she was asking Bailey, like, what do you want to do, like, hobby-wise? What are you passionate about? And Bailey was passionate about pageantry. And her mom goes, no, something that you're good at. <laughs> and so she told that story, and then That's her funny. mom got her into pageantry because she said she needed to get this kid some personality, apparently. <laughs> her mom didn't think Bailey had any personality. Oh, my goodness. But, um, you know, well, it's, things have changed since then, right? But yes. Tennessee, it seems like you guys are pretty, what, down to earth, laid back maybe, and pretty humble. Am I reading that right? Because you all yeah. seem to have that in common. I would say that um, the South in the U.S. generally is more hospitable and yeah. kind and generous. And um, I'm from Nashville originally, and it's been cool to watch that city grow and um, evolve to what it is now. It's such a big hub for country music and mm. everything in common with people. Cause a lot of people from Nashville now aren't from Nashville. It's very uncommon yeah. to see someone who's grown up there, born there, raised there. And, um, the people that live there and have grown up there are very humble and very kind. And I noticed that when I go to other States, I'm like, Ooh, you didn't hold the door, <laughs> mm. but Do you address people as sir and ma'am, or is that a bit too formal? No, I do, especially elders. I've grown up doing that. It's respectful. That's what we're taught down here. So, yeah, people, I'm a medical assistant at an urgent care, and I feel so old because younger people will come in and they'll call me ma'am. And I'm like, oof, (laughs) I'm not grown. (laughs) I I remember the first time someone called me sir and uh, yeah Mm -hmm. I had a bit of an out-of-body experience but just back up a sec you're actually from Nashville and you said you don't sing so what happened there I I don't know I just didn't (laughs) tap into that I guess some of my family members sing but and I used to sing at church when I was little little there's videos of me up on stage and just I was singing different Christian songs but yeah that's just kind of I've just pushed that back, I guess. <laughs> we, we leave that in the past, do we? We, yes. we don't We don't bring that up. Do you yeah. like country music? I mean, you're from the heart of country music. Yeah, I do, actually. I like more um, modern, poppy country music, yeah. I guess. Like, I was just listening to Morgan Wallen. He released a new mm-hmm. album. And, yeah, so I like that kind of country music. Old country music really isn't for me, but I still like it. Yeah. Yeah, I think that the modern version is is quite different. It's got t- kind of like country roots, but it's a little bit more upbeat and, you know, and catchy. Yeah. Um, I, I'm still trying to learn Devil Goes Down to, Devil Went Down to Georgia because I play the violin and I want to learn the fiddle. Oh, yeah. Trying to learn the fiddle part to that. That's interesting. That's a fun one. Having trained in, yeah, but having trained in tr- classical violin mm. and then trying to play the fiddle, it, it's very, very different. Um, so you are competing in July. Obviously, you've competed before. You're about four months out, just looking down at the calendar. Yeah. So it sounds like you've got a, a busy life, and we'll dig into that. But how's the pageant prep going? How are you feeling? 
It's going really good. I've made it a priority this year to stay consistent with everything. I'm someone sometimes I just like to push things off, especially if I'm nervous about it. But this year, because I competed with USA National Miss the past two years. And when I left nationals last year, I was like, nope, we're going full force. We're going back. Mm -hmm. And I started prepping that same July, July 2022. So it's been good. I've been trying to space everything out and it's been great. Yeah. Nice. What does what does pageant prep look like for you? I mean, you said you begun, but so you you would have done it for a year, twelve months when you when you hit nationals again. So obviously you are taking it seriously. What does that involve for you? So I got a new modeling coach. So I've been traveling to Georgia to meet with her every month. I've been trying to be consistent Mm -hmm. with that. Um, Interview is something that I've always tried to work on. I'm going to start meeting with my interview coaches um, this month, actually. And just staying involved and being active and present on social media and really making the most of this title. I believe that when you have a pageant title, you really get what you put into it. And that's what I'm trying to do this year for sure. So what sort of expectations do you have for yourself going into it this year? You've competed twice before, you said, and obviously Mm -hmm. you've held a not insignificant title before. So Mm -hmm. how do you sort of keep a hold of your expectations in terms of, you know that you probably could do very well, but how do you just balance that with, well, pageantry can be a bit subjective at the best of times? Yes. I really just try to stay easy on myself. I definitely can be my own worst critic. So Mm -hmm. just going into it with a relaxed state of mind and knowing that, you know, there are plenty of amazing women competing in all age divisions. Um, But everyone brings something different to the table. And that's really important to remember. So just keeping your mind right and your heart right and staying on the right direction for you and staying focused on what you want to go after is how I'm focusing this year. I've definitely tried to um, stay keeping my mind and body right. I've definitely made working out and doing spin classes and all these different things, just staying active and keeping my mental right is how I've been this year for sure. That's how I'd tackle pageantry in general, I'd say. Healthy body, healthy mind, as I say. Spin is the one on cycles, right? Am I on stationary (laughs) bikes? Because I remember when I was over, I was visiting America one time, I was in uh, Wisconsin and it was the middle of winter. It was a Midwest winter. Oh, it was terrible. Um, not the place, but the, the weather was terrible. And I uh, there was nothing to do outside, so I started taking spin classes. Mm-hmm. Um, you can push yourself pretty hard on yes. in those, right? Yeah, and it's on a bike that goes nowhere. They always joke about that. Like, every day I bike probably 15, 16 miles, but I'm literally you don't in, go in anywhere. the same spot. Yeah. <laughs> but do you actually... Do you, do you actually cycle a real bike at all? No. No, I actually <laughs> didn't learn how to ride an actual bike until I was 15. <laughs> it's right, like okay. a running joke. So I love the bikes that don't go anywhere. But if you put me out like on the street, I'm just like, ooh, it's cars. I'm scared of that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, is, um, I, I wanted to ask, so in terms of getting the body right to help get the mindset right, obviously I think it's hugely important for, for anyone male or female, whatever age, but often going into pageantry can be pretty stressful. And then you have high expectations of yourself. You've done well in the past. Obviously you're, you're at school. Um, you're going to be graduating in honors in a very interesting field to me, because that's quite close to my heart, which we'll get to, but, um, have you struggled mentally at all? I mean, you don't have to go into great detail, but for a lot of young women, like going into pageantry, especially competing in Tennessee, which is a very competitive state for pageantry. Sometimes you can get in your own way and get in your own head a little bit much. Have you ever struggled with that at all? Yeah, for sure. Last year, actually, when I competed at UNM, I kind of bit off more than I could chew. I would say I was Uh, taking um, accelerated classes in the summer, anatomy, physiology, and Spanish. So it was two semesters crammed into eight weeks. And, you know, being at UNM was a fourth of the class. And I would leave rehearsals and go back and take exams or study for an exam. And I ended up, I think it was almost six or seven exams that week I had to take just being at a competition as well. So, so that was really hard. And I will say it was, I, I had fun. Of course, UNM is amazing, but you know, I wasn't in the best headspace and I definitely really got on myself about that because those are two Mm -hmm. very stressful things combined. And Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's important to give yourself grace for sure and yeah 
and that's what I'm changing that this year. I'm not, I'm graduating, so I won't be taking any classes, but just making sure to focus and not, cause I am a yes person for sure. And oh, just okay. making sure to not say yes to everything. Everything. Yes. <laughs> I feel some people need to learn to say yes more often. And some people need to learn to say no more yeah. often. You either fit in one or either bucket. <laughs> Why did you cram two semesters into eight weeks? I'm just interested in like, are you that sort of person who's just all go all the time? Or did you have some time frame timeline that you were bearing in mind? I definitely I do like to stay busy, but I want to go to PA school, like it says in my bio. So in my head, I was just like, oh, I could knock all these things out in one summer. And that will be great. At first, I was just taking Spanish. And then I added, I was like, oh, I'm taking this, I might as well add another class on top of it, which they ended up being two very difficult classes together. Yeah. And, and yeah, so that's kind of what happened there, but it all worked out in the end. It worked out great. So, you know, we won't do it again, but we survived. How, how traumatic was it? I only ask because my last semester of uni, and I say this because I failed a class in my second to last semester and I'm very um, academic. So for me to do that, mm -hmm. it wasn't because a class was so difficult. It's because I'd gotten just so lazy and doing other things in college, you know, college life. But I was like, I'm not spending an extra semester in college. So I crammed the last semester for I actually had to get permission from the dean or the chancellor to do like more units than were normally oh, allowed. Wow. So I had like, I think, 30, 35 contact hours per week oh, my goodness. where the art students would be complaining, oh, my God, I'm so stressed. And they have <laughs> 10 hours a week. Yeah. And I think I had about seven or eight exams spread over two weeks, but it was mm. pretty intense. So um what did you what did you learn from cramming that much into into one semester because i learned a lot mainly not to do that again and actually you know sort myself out what did you learn from your experience i definitely learned how to budget my time better you know staying mm -hmm. focused and being able you know prepping for things a week in advance days in advance instead of you know pushing it off and procrastinating um, I had a lot of test anxiety, which I still kind of do, but having all of those crammed together in two weeks was kind of a blessing in disguise almost. It, it helped yeah. me, you know, just exposure therapy. Like, well, I know you don't like it and you're anxious about it, but you have all seven tests coming up this week, so you better get over it, I guess. So that helped me in a way, and I've noticed that change this year throughout my senior year, I would say, but, but yeah. yeah. And also not have... to do that again. <laughs> When you have that many tests, it's like you don't really have time to worry about them, do you? Because you just have to basically walk out or run out or fall out of one and limp your way to the next. So yeah. you don't really have time to get yourself worked up. But tell me more about what you study, because I'm one of those people who's always been fascinated by psychology. And I certainly haven't formally studied it, but I've read a bunch of books and I've read a lot of sort of deep thinkers and neuroscience is an absolutely fascinating field to me just yeah. in terms of, I don't know if you studied neuroplasticity, but just seeing what the brain can actually do. And, you know, like, oh, we want to explore space. So we want to explore the ocean. Those are great mysteries. But to me, what's in here is probably the most fascinating thing of all. Um, so what, what is your degree like? I mean, so you're going to be graduating May with honors in neuroscience and psychology. Those are just words. What is it like? <laughs> what have you studied? What got you interested in that? Yeah. So I, like you said, I'm a neuroscience and psychology major. I, I The brain is just absolutely so powerful, like you said, hmm. and it's incredible being able to study it. I actually got to work in a neuroscience lab studying stress and resilience during my junior year, which was wow. such a cool experience. Um being able to learn really how our brain can bounce back from trauma and what mm. helps us build, you know, that resilience that comes out in many phases of our life. But I also love my psychology classes. I took, um, I'm in child development currently. I took social psychology last semester, which was really cool. I had an experience the other day, which um, a, a friend of mine came up to me and she was like, Oh my gosh, you won't believe what just happened. I got stopped on the street and, they asked me to donate $500 to this organization. And I said, Oh, I'm not doing that, but I'll donate 10. And I was like, Oh, my goodness, like I learned about that in my social psych class last semester. <laughs> so it's really cool to learn about things and actually being able to go outside and see people applying them without yeah. even realizing. 
Um, but yeah, I've always been interested in it. I loved psychology when I was in high school. I had a teacher who, it was a fun class. She would just play Criminal Minds and we would, you know, talk about the different disorders that were going on the show. But I was like, oh, wow, like psychology is very interesting. And, and now I'm here. <laughs> Yeah, there's a kind of a running gag with with me having interviewed hundreds of pageant girls that you guys yeah. all seem to be fascinated in in criminal activities. <laughs> but apparently, that's not a that's not a pageant girl thing. That's just a girl thing. Um, yeah. I I, I want to back you up to the resilience. What you mentioned about neuroscience yeah. and resilience, um, I'm I'm gonna, I'm fascinated with what you learned because to me, obviously, there's a lot of focus on mental health at the moment, mm -hmm. rightly and with social media being the way it is, it can be really difficult for anyone, regardless of age or gender. But I've always thought um, awareness is great, spreading awareness, getting rid of the stigma, but the best thing you could do for your own mental health is to actually really build that resilience because at the end of the day, we're all gonna get bullied. We're all gonna deal with hate. You're, you're never gonna get to the point in a society where everyone treats you nicely and treats you exactly the way that you would want to. And I don't think that's really the aim of life anyway, but resilience can you just tell me more about what you guys learned in terms of neuroscience and resilience because that sounds fascinating yeah so i worked in a lab which studied um dominant and subordinate relationships in hamsters so basically we would put hamsters together and they would you know kind of fight each other almost and we kind of studied you know what made them give up what made them keep fighting differences mm. in males and females but yeah, it ended up being really cool. Different sections of your brain light up when um, basically how long you've been exposed to stress. If you grew up in conditions where you were alone, kind of relating back to like if you were an only child versus if yeah. you had a lot of siblings. So it was cool to see that change. And um, we're still working on a paper that's in the process of getting published, which is very exciting. And I loved my time in that lab. It was very interesting. And um, it taught me a lot about, because I want to go into medicine, it taught mm. me a lot about everything that goes into understanding the human body and how it can be related to, um, you know, other model organisms as well. Did you learn anything in terms of just like a practical takeaway for yourself? I mean, you're, you're studying these hamsters, but obviously yeah. you're not studying them because you want to be a vet. You're studying them because it, you know, you want to see what we can learn about us, our, our human brains. Were there any sort of practical takeaways that you took from that time in your lab and you went, oh, okay, so from that, I should learn to do this in this situation or I should run towards that or run away from that. Were there any practical lessons you took? Yeah, so resilience, like I said earlier, is our brain's ability to bounce back from trauma. And mm. something I learned, you know, throughout that time in the lab and with my degree as well is our amygdala is in the center of our brain and that's our fear center. So it's activated when we're stressed, when we're anxious, and it can be calmed down when we're engaging in activities like art. So I started an organization called Resilience Starts With Me, which implements resiliency coloring kits in schools and hospitals across the state of Tennessee. So when kids are feeling anxious, they're feeling stressed, and they don't know how to express these emotions and ask for help, they can go color. And it helps light up that amygdala and help them calm down. And they're full of um, positive affirmation coloring sheets. Wow. And I've gotten feedback that they're successful. So, you know, it's awesome being able to apply things that I've learned with my degree and help kids wow. across my state. That's amazing. See, because I, yeah. I was thinking um, you were doing something like that, but it wasn't yeah. in your bio, which I have here. And I must have read <laughs> it on your social somewhere. And I'm yeah. going, hang on, was this Prezi or was this someone else? <laughs> but what's funny about what you just mentioned, well, not funny, but a, a weird coincidence, yeah. because during the pandemic, obviously, there were a lot of people stressed out of their mind. And one of I publish books is one of the things I do. One of the categories that really blew up in blew up in on Amazon during the pandemic was adult coloring books. Yeah. And I could never figure out why. And all my adult friends, all the pageant girls, they were getting <laughs> adult coloring books and they were coloring. And I, I'm not an artist. I never pretend to be an <laughs> artist. And I, the last time I colored was probably back in grade school. But mm -hmm. I was just so, I don't look at it and go, that's weird. I was looking at it maybe through the lens of same similar to you. So like, why is this happening? Mm -hmm. And you've just given me the answer right there. So yeah. we need to talk more of the resilience because I'm so big on resilience. But what was it called? Resilience starts with me. Yes, resilience starts with me. I wish I had some with me currently, but I don't. But they're clear packets. They have um, coloring sheets filled with positive affirmations, a little notebook, a little journal, and some coloring um, crayons. Oh. 
And yeah, they're in schools, they're in guidance counselors offices. So kids can go there when they need that resource, but they're also in hospitals. I volunteer at East Tennessee Children's Hospital every week. So we have some in our child life department and yeah. Wow. Okay. So are you just going around of your own accord and like, are you contacting schools and saying, Hey, can I come in and do a presentation? Can I do a talk? Can I talk to the principal? How is that happening? Yeah, pretty much just from word of mouth. I'm just getting mm -hmm. in touch with um, faculty and staff. And usually when I reach out to them, they're like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. I'd love some. Um, just kind of start off giving 20, 50, whatever I have on hand. So yeah, it's worked out great. I've gotten great reviews yeah. from them and it's been cool to see. I love also adult coloring books myself. So it's, it's a fun similarity there. I might I might have to give them a go myself <laughs> yeah, sure. sometime. Um, are you creating these packs yourself? I mean, you said 10, 20, 50, whatever you have on hand. Like, how are you getting the packs? Are you creating them? Are you buying them from somewhere else? Yeah, I create them myself. I just order the supplies off Amazon. We're very blessed to have sponsors that help us um, get the funding to get these donations and get these materials. Oh, wow. But yeah, I just do it on the floor, plan it out. I'm like, oh, we'll make coloring kits today. <laughs> That sounds amazing. So yeah. if someone, let's say, is interested in, in what you're doing, what's the best way to maybe get involved or have a chat with yourself? Yeah, definitely shoot me a DM, shoot me an email. I would love to send some your way and we'll just get talking about that. I can give you my email as well. I think it's on my Instagram if it's needed. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> DM works as well. We can see Presley yeah. go. So DM or email. Um, yeah. That. So are you doing that? Is that your advocacy for the pageant? as well? Because you said one of the things is always, you know, everyone's amazing and you, you want to find everyone stands out in some way. Is this the way that you're standing out? It sounds absolutely amazing. Yeah, so I do that. But also, um, UNM's national platform is called Inspire, which basically um, promotes serving your community in whichever way you're passionate about, whether it be through kindness, compassion, or taking care of the earth. I mm -hmm. used to be a camp counselor for an organization through my school. So because of that and my past experience, I created Camp Inspire. I grew up just with such a heart for service, and I created a day camp for kids, which helps give them those tools to be leaders in their community and go back and help teach them how you can give back. I believe that we live in such an individualistic society right now, and those mm. values aren't instilled in our youth anymore. So I hold a yearly camp inspire. My next one is coming up this spring. My last first one was last year and it, it's been awesome. It's been incredible. So that's what I'm doing as a state title holder to make an impact. Amazing, Brazil. How, how are you getting the word out about the camp? I mean, is it open to everyone or is it only open to specific schools? Like how does that work? Yeah, so it's held in middle Tennessee, um, just kind of through word of mouth, through social media as well. Um, but yeah, just last year, I believe we had 30 kids, which it was the first time we did it. So that yeah. was plenty. Um, just finding kids in the area, it's free. So it's accessible for all it's from kid, kids ages four to 12. And yeah, I'm excited to have one in the spring as well. It's going to be in April. We're still trying to nail down a date, but I will be posting as soon as we figure out the details. How many, how many do you think you could take? maximum i mean i used to do i was a tennis coach and we had yeah. tennis camps and um nothing ages you quite as fast as trying to look after 100 kids hopped up on red you know red sugar wielding tennis rackets so uh, how many how, how many can you take oh my goodness i don't know i guess it depends on how many counselors we'll have this year so maybe yeah. maybe we'll grow a little bit we'll go 50 but you know if kids want to come and learn i'm definitely not gonna turn them down turn them away so We'll cross that bridge when we get there. <laughs> I think it's a good problem to have, right? Having yes. too many, having too many kids. Yes, of course. Um, so coming back to pageantry for a sec, what what keeps you invested? What keeps you interested? So, I mean, it sounds to me just off a cursory sort of conversation. You obviously have a lot going on, um, mm -hmm. and what I really like is that you are service. You know, have a heart of service regardless of pageantry, it seems. I, I don't like it when someone does something just for the pageant. Um, mm -hmm. I want it to be a part of who you really are because, yeah. you know, then you show who you really are at the, at, the, at the pageant. What is it that keeps you coming back? Obviously, it's not like you have so much free time on your hands. Oh, I just guess I'll just do a pageant. And you've been taking it, let's say, super serious. So you've been prepping since the last one. 
what keeps you coming back? What's the most important or most sort of uh, addictive part for yourself? I love the friendships for sure. I've met some incredible women through pageants, some friends that I still talk to every day. And when I competed internationally, I still have friends from other countries that I talk to. And yeah, just being around so many incredible like-minded women is Mm. something that keeps me coming back for sure. I love being on stage. It's just such an adrenaline rush and it's just, it's so much fun. And it's taken me a while to get to that point where I'm not scared to go into an interview room or scared to go on stage for Mm. fun fashion or gown or whatever it may be. But yeah, it's just, everyone has their thing that they love. And, you know, when people learn that I do pageants, sometimes they're just, they kind of give me a look, but I'm just like, Hey, you know, it's any other sport. Everybody has their passion, their little thing that they do. And, you know, it's something that I love. I went through a period where I was really hard on myself. I was in a Mm -hmm. very toxic relationship and I was competing throughout that time. So, you know, when you're hard on yourself, the people around you are hard on you and then you're subjecting yourself to being judged. That is just not a good combo. And, you know, it kind of made me lose my luster for pageantry a little bit. And my first time at USA National Miss, I was so nervous, but I went into the week and it was just such an, a, good vibes all around. That's, it's funny to say, but everyone was there with such intention and it was just so positive and uplifting and it really reignited my spark for pageantry. And I think that's something that's kept me coming back for sure. Have you given any thought to how you want your pageant journey to play out over the years? I mean, some people, they do one pageant, they're done, one and done. Some people <laughs> can't stop can't stop coming back 10, 20 years or 10 and 20 pageants. Have you given any thought at all to how you want to see this journey of yours playing out? Oh my goodness. I definitely want to try for Miss Tennessee in a couple of years. Um, that's always been a goal of mine to compete in the USA system as a Miss. So I'm just building up that confidence and preparing for that. It's, you know, People can do it and just try it. But for me, I'm someone who likes to, you know, put my all in. I'm not going to just go in and just see how it goes. But um, yeah, I definitely want to try that in the future eventually. And that will probably be my ending, I guess, whenever that happens. Who knows, though? I'll probably get bit by the pageant bug again. And who knows? I'll be 50 and still doing pageants. (laughs) (laughs) Well, perhaps. I mean, you, yeah. you know, you, you've studied the brain. I'd, I'd love to see what part of the brain the pageant bug sort of resides in. I'm sure it's in right. like some sort of addiction center there and there's a pageant Dopamine, bug. Dopamine, serotonin, probably. Well, I mean, it, it, really, it really is, isn't it? I mean, you, you guys, because <laughs> yeah. for, for most normal people, the idea of getting on stage, whether it's in a gown or a swimsuit, is absolutely like the last thing they would ever want to do. And then most mm-hmm. of you guys, not all, but most of you guys, that's where you feel most alive right it's like on that stage whether it's modeling or photo shoots whatever it is that's your chance to really strut your stuff and you guys <laughs> live for that 20 30 seconds interview can be a bit hit and miss i think a lot of people i've interviewed with their their number one fear is interviews like oh my god mm-hmm. what do i say i've always got interviewed that's easy just be yourself talk but yeah. on stage, they're like they they come alive. Is that is that the case for yourself? You become a different person on stage. Yeah, I would say so. Kind of like your alter ego, your Beyonce personality. It, I guess it kind of relates to dancers and people yeah. in sports, theater. Um, you know, Gymnastics, different. Dance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're performing. You're putting on a show, and it's just so much build up for something. Yeah. Like it definitely is in the brain somewhere serotonin dopamine those, <laughs> like you said those addiction kind of yeah those pathways yeah. yeah no but yeah I love it it's just such a rush it's so much fun I used to black out when I would get on stage I'd be like oh my god what happened like I fell on my face for sure and didn't know but yeah I've definitely gotten past that but it's still a lot of fun <laughs> It doesn't sound like a lot of fun if you're no, blacking no, no, no. out. <laughs> no, it would just be like, it's just so much energy and so much excitement. Yeah. And you get up there and it's just like, 
yeah yeah i don't it's a bizarre i don't know how to explain it i i, I know what you mean not because i've done that myself but i have um a, a good friend of mine who competed on the miss universe stage representing ireland and um you know that was televised everywhere and I, I clipped out a clip of her performing it was her national costume and she was dressed as a fairy it was amazing and then she goes oh can you send that to me i was like yeah sure like didn't you don't you have video clips of it because i'm thinking like if you performed on the biggest stage in pageantry mm -hmm. the first thing surely you want is clips of yourself so you can remember she goes yeah i don't know i don't have any clips and i can't remember any of it i was like what, <laughs> what do you mean you can't remember of it all she could remember was running to the stage because yeah. they were all in national costume you know everyone's wearing like wings and stuff and yeah. um she had to run and then obviously when you get on stage you can't be running you have to look like you're all poised and relaxed and elegant mm -hmm. but she couldn't remember any of it <laughs> and that was the biggest that's the biggest stage you know in the universe so is that mm -hmm. is that what you mean when you say you black out like you can't remember what you just did yeah i've definitely gotten past that now i can remember but definitely my okay. first few years of pageantry like i don't know if it was nerves or excitement honestly maybe like a fight or flight response that just totally made you black out but yeah i was still get up there i'd do the thing and then i'd watch the video after and be like oh that was good <laughs> but so yeah definitely especially in interview i used to really do it in interview and i would come out my mom would be like so what did they ask and i was just like i don't know <laughs> it would come to me later on throughout the day like an hour later i'd be like oh they asked me about my hobbies or i'd be like oh they asked me about okay yeah yeah <laughs> that, that'd be um fascinating to study your yeah. brain <laughs> When when you're yeah. going in, seeing seeing what's actually happening, maybe there's a certain part that's firing or some part that's shutting down. Um, <laughs> but I'm glad to hear that it's not quite as traumatic anymore. Um, <laughs> tell me more about the the UNM system, so USA National Miss. So you're yeah. competing in a few months. What are the different parts? Are there any optionals? Obviously, there's so many different pageants, and they're all structured differently. You already give us an idea as to inspire the platform, mm -hmm. so what it stands for. The actual competition, what are the parts you're going to be competing in? There's interview, gown, and fun fashion, so a runway aspect as well, which is more upbeat and fun. They have a ton of optionals, um, op or casual wear. I believe there's talent. Um, I'm drawing a blank. There's just so many. It's one of those pageants that gives you so many opportunities to get on stage and, and do all the things. And, yeah, it's fun. There's also a fitness competition for an optional. Yeah. All the good stuff. Are you, are you going to be doing any of the optionals? I'm doing casual wear. Um, there's a community service optional as well. Um, some photo shoots. Carlos Velez is one of our sponsors. I'm sure you've seen his work, but he's oh, awesome. Yeah. yeah. He, we're lucky for him to be able to come and do photo shoots for all of our contestants and also do an optional photo shoot. So that's exciting. I'm doing that as well. But yeah, it's it's fun. Yeah. That's um. I, I I don't know Carlos, but as I said, mm -hmm. I published a couple of books and a couple in the pageant world, and my books are filled with his photos. And you can always tell when it's because uh, I always say like it's big to me to give the photographers credit if you're going to use their photos and you have to get permission. But I can always tell when it's one of Carlos's photos. There's something mm -hmm. about the lighting and the drama of a Carlos yeah. photo. It's not just someone who got an iPhone and went smile and you went click. <laughs> There's something about the setup that just makes it look that little bit extra. Um, so I was going to ask you, have you ever competed in the talent section? No. Like I said earlier, can't sing. I'm very uncoordinated. I cannot dance. I could. I guess I could do a monologue if I was. I really had to, but no. Never done talent people are that's what people always ask when they learn to do pageants They're like so what's your talent and i'm like ah i don't have any <laughs> so it's just sounding like eerily reminiscent of bailey bailey said bailey said she can't sing she can't dance so she ended up doing ventriloquism and then yeah. she did this thing when she was on the interview with me because she had a puppet and the whole <laughs> thing and recited the 50 states of america in alphabetical order it was hilarious and she actually yes. did the whole ventriloquism thing mm -hmm. so um if you can't dance, how do you find opening number? Do you always want to be Horrible. put up the back? You don't <laughs> want to be like... one of those people. There's always a dancer. And they're like, put me up front. And there's always someone who's at the, and I get the back. No cameras, no nothing. 
Yes. I love it when they send out the video. I mean, I will, like, if it's a, last year we had probably a 15 second dance. I practiced that 15 second dance for, I could not tell you how long. And I was finally like, I got it. I can do, I can do it. Just like the hand motions. But um, one of my first pageants, I did Nam State. I was like 15. I walk into rehearsal and they're like, we're learning a dance. I about had a panic attack. I was like, I, this is not for me. Like, this is crazy. Again, it was fine. But um, yeah, the dancing, I definitely have two left feet and, and trying to get better with that, especially with working out and, yeah. you know, with spin classes. I don't know if you ever did them at yours, like all the choreography, like the hand yeah. bends and, you know, yeah. like swaying and all that stuff. I've gotten better at that. So I've also okay. started um, Legree workouts. It's kind of like on a Pilates reformer. It's it's very interesting and definitely my uncoordinated this is coming out in those classes these past few weeks but yeah I mean that will help with your <laughs> fitness but are we talking about see with dancing with me a I find it embarrassing to dance because I'm I'm over six foot tall and you sort of kind of stand out mm-hmm. in everyone's eyes on you so I'm terrible <laughs> at dancing but it's also the remembering the choreography right because for me like I can remember a speech I remember certain things really well, but trying to remember a choreography, because when I was in um, Texas last July, I was sitting in on when they were learning the dance, like the very first time the choreographer came out and showed them the dance. And it was, I still remember it was to Pitbull and Mark Anthony, the um, let it rain over me. And there was all these hand gestures and you had to stomp this and click <laughs> this. And, and there were a couple of dancers sitting next to me and they're like, oh yeah, I got this. It's so easy. And I'm like, like, right. is, is that an issue for you? Because when I look at it, go, you might as well be speaking Greek. Like, I can't, I don't yeah. know what you're doing. And for these dancers, it was, oh, yeah, that's easy. But <laughs> for you, is it like, what, what's going on? Like, left, right, click, hand, is that the issue? Yeah, for sure. I did Tennessee Teen USA. Um, I was in high school, and I did it. And I guess the first day we had a rehearsal, and I looked, I guess I looked sporty. I looked fun. And they divided everyone up into groups. And I got picked into be group one. Turns out group one was the dancers and the cheerleaders. And I guess I looked like I fit in. So I were up there, and we're being taught this combo and I just couldn't get it. I, <laughs> I was like that. I was like, what is happening? Move my arm what way? And the choreographer, the producer, he was like, nope, you're in group two. And I got in group oh, two no. and whatever happened, I couldn't get what was going on in group two. So he's like, nope, you're going to group three. And then finally made it down, I think, to group five. I was the only person that moved groups like that. So I definitely had to laugh at myself in that moment. Uh-huh. But um, also when I competed at Teen Universe, I had to do a national dance and I learned a jazz solo. Bless this choreographer's heart who worked with me. Um, her name is Shauna. She's from Nashville, Hendersonville, Tennessee. Um, she taught me this solo probably from October up until March when I went and competed. Oh, it's somewhere out yeah. on the internet. Don't go find it because <laughs> it was a lot. But it was fun. I got to wear a cute little costume. And that was definitely out of the whole competition, that is what I was most nervous about. The national dance, this little jazz number I was doing to Candyman by, I guess, I think it's by Christina Aguilera. Yeah. But I had yeah. like a little um, like red, white, and blue sailor bugle boy-esque type yeah. costume on. And it was so fun. But the dancing aspect of it was terrifying. <laughs> Have you ever watched your performance back? I think I watched it once and I was like, yep, just going to put that in, in the back of the memory i cause wow. i was prepared for um you know she's a normal competition dance instructor so she was training yeah. me across this whole studio like you're gonna do this transition and move to this side and so i was prepared for this huge stage like lights on me like i was ready to be sparkling and so i get there and it's like this tiny little rickety stage all respect to them but i think yeah. it was just like maybe like oh it's national dance everyone's gonna be doing like a salsa like spinning a yeah. skirt because there were a lot of latin countries competing that year yeah and but no i'm not here with my jazz shoes on ready to go and nowhere to do my little leap that i had planned so i, I ended up i think forgetting a few steps or something but it, it was still fun and still different and a great experience to put myself out of the com- my comfort zone i guess 
That's one way of putting it. That sounds like something yeah. <laughs> I would definitely black out from my memory on, on yeah. purpose. Just take it out of my brain and put it somewhere else. Um, but I mean, look, dancing is one thing. But like you yeah. said, the stuff that you're working on, that sounds more like on the reformer and the spin. That's more yeah. like getting fit. And I don't know, you, you, you've said being coordinated is a bit of an ongoing issue yeah. with you. But it's separate <laughs> to dance. Right? I mean, are you like when you say uncoordinated... Uh, I've spoken to many people who say they're clumsy and I, I don't believe them. And then I find out that you look at them and like a massive bruise on their leg or on their arm. Half the time they don't realize it was even there. I'm like, how can you not? Like your whole leg is black. And then the other time, like, how did that happen? Oh, yeah, I just walked into a cabinet or I fell down the <laughs> stairs. I'm like, yeah. what? are you okay? It's like, oh, yeah, I do that all the time. <laughs> that sounds rather inconvenient so are we talking like uncoordinated like the clumsy like do you bump into things Just or hit all of the above honestly i trip over okay. my own feet i'll bump into walls into like my counter my kitchen counter it's like a granite it's up like at my hip level so every time i hit Ouch. it i feel like i got shot and i have like bruises but um but yeah and also like with spin and with the reformer that does take coordination too like we were yeah. doing something this morning where you had to like put a, a strap on your heel of your foot and lift it up and move your foot out. Yeah. And I, for yeah. my brain was just like, how do I move my foot like that? Like I physically could not <laughs> get those like connections to go like to just to push my foot upwards with this strap on it. I, I don't know, but it's just one of those things that takes practice and I will probably still trip over my own feet when I'm walking to class, but that's just, it's just part of it. My middle name's not Grace. You, you can't be that bad if you're walking in a gown <laughs> on a pageant stage in heels. I mean, that's a certain, that takes a certain coordination, right? Yeah. yeah. My coach, she, we were laughing last time I was with her. She was teaching me an exercise that um, girls in like Venezuela and Colombia do before they go on stage. Like mm -hmm. they sway their hips and sway their arms. Like I've seen that one. Yes, just like opposite. Then I was going, yeah. I couldn't get it. It took me probably 20 minutes sitting there with her trying to do it. I was moving like the same arm with the same foot and the hip. And she was like, I don't know how you're doing that. Like <laughs> when you walk, like, do you do that? I was like, I guess. I don't know. But... If you, it, sometimes I feel it helps not to think about those things because otherwise, yeah. when you start walking really weird and you're like, hang on, I actually don't. Anyway, have you ever <laughs> tried that exercise where you, and you don't need to do this now, but like you tap your head? And then you rub your belly. I think I, now. So I'm it's a coordination it. thing. Try. So you have to tap your head, but you have to rub your belly, and then you have to reverse it, like yeah, rub yeah, your yeah. head and tap your belly. If you can do oh, that, you've yeah, got all the coordination that no, you need. No, I, I can't. I'm like okay. sitting here, like rubbing my head and my stomach <laughs> at the same time. No. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, some people either rub both or they just start hitting both, and it's like no, no, no. Yeah. Tap, tap your head and. So, I reckon if you, you don't need to do all the Pilates and spin classes, just practice that, you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. um, but I, I got to ask, you sound like you've got a full plate, you've got a lot, mm -hmm. a lot going on. So what do you do? Like, do you have any free time to just unwind? And if you do, what do you do to unwind? Or coloring books, I guess we talked about. Yeah. But hobbies, anything that's not, um, not go, go, go all the time? Yeah, I just like to, when I have free time, I just like to chill and relax. I have a dog back home. She's a little Yorkie poo named Sachi. And I love to spend time with her and my friends that are here in Knoxville. Um, we love to go to like sporting events and stuff. Just, yeah, just relaxing and spending time with those that I love. And I love um, hair and makeup artistry as well. Mm -hmm. So when my schedule is a little bit more la relaxed, I like to say yes to people who want their hair and makeup done for special events. But that is fun to me as well. So I like to do that. Do you spend any amount of time on Amazon buying things that you shouldn't to try out oh. as a makeup artist and hair? All the time. And... <laughs> yes. All the yeah. things. Uh, I can I can only imagine. Um, well, just before we get to the final 10, we've been on almost an hour already. Gee, yeah. lost track of time. Before we go to the final 10, is there anyone that you would like to give a shout out to for supporting you? Yeah, my I believe my mom and grandma are watching and I want to say hello to them. They're my biggest supporters. My mom is my best friend. My grandma is just an incredible woman. I've always looked up to her. She is the CEO of her own company and she is just an absolute boss woman. So, you know, having those two incredible women in my life to look up to as I've grown up is, is awesome. And hello. 
if you're watching. <laughs> All right. Final 10, just random questions. Yeah. Number one, what is your favorite word? My favorite word. I would say slay, you know, just slay because you're killing it. <laughs> and just as you mentioned that, I just realized what's behind you. It says Louis. Is that Louis Vuitton behind yes, you? Yes, it's not real. It's, I got it off <sighs> <of> Amazon. <laughs> I mean, just talking about slay. Yeah. It is. It is really, really, it's really cute. Uh, number two, what is your least favorite word? Buttermilk. If the people watching, if they know me, they'll laugh at that. But I just, I hate the syllables in it. And there is a road, an exit on the way to my college town, which is called Buttermilk Road. And it just makes me cringe every time that I drive by it. What do you, so do, what about actual buttermilk? Do you not like buttermilk or you just don't like it's saying fine. it? It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. I just don't like the word. Like, I think just like the the pronunciation of it. I, I don't know. It's like the word moist, how people hate the word moist. Yeah. just the word I hate. What about the words butter and milk separately? They are okay? That's, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. The best pancakes are buttermilk pancakes. I know. I don't, yeah. I don't know how you can ask Normal pancakes them. to me. <laughs> okay. Uh, number... <laughs> That's a new one, number three. Yeah. In life, what gets you excited? What turns you on? I would say my family. They are just my biggest supporters, like I said earlier, and, you know, my best friends. I've been able to grow up with such an awesome group. We're all close together, and we all just lift each other up and inspire each other to do better, I'd say. That's huge. Uh, so that's what turns you on. Number four, what turns you off? I would say people who are negative – trying to stay positive on a positive outlook on life is good. So if you're just negative and not feeling the vibes, I'd say no. <laughs> Number five, what sound or noise do you love? I would say like a fan. I have to fall asleep to a fan every night. I have one next to me. If you can see it, <laughs> it's like a big, tall fan. It's like a white noise thing. I saw in your email before this, it was like, you can't have a fan going. You can't have stuff in the background. I was like, oof. Uh, well, I, I shouldn't say that because I have the air conditioning on at the moment, <laughs> but know. only as I said, because it's a hundred degrees over here. Right. So I wasn't going to stand here in a jacket and just start <laughs> sweating buckets. Um, yes. Number six, what sound or noise do you hate? I would say like, nails on a chalkboard type stuff like if you just rub something the wrong way and it's like mm -mm. yeah don't like that, got that. <laughs> cutlery on china sort of thing number yep. seven if you could have a superpower what would you pick and why i would say probably the power to avoid traffic my college town has a lot of traffic so if i could just like fly up and, and pass it all that would be nice so i could get to where i was going <laughs> flying basically yeah flying because i was going to say if you just wanted to avoid traffic then just don't drive but that doesn't sound like a very exciting superpower yeah. <laughs> it's not very practical flying we can get so flying, you can just fly yeah. fly to your class okay mm -hmm. um question eight what job would you most like to attempt so like i said earlier i want to be a pa so that's my dream job or maybe being a makeup artist full-time if i could do both i feel like that would that would be fun I don't know how. You literally but... just said be a makeup artist full time, which would imply that you can't do the other job because you have a full time. You're doing it again. You have two because full time jobs. You can do jobs. both. <laughs> Why not? Sure, sure. <laughs> I think that the the superpower you should wish for is to duplicate yourself, so there can yeah. be more than one just of you, or you can be in two places time. at one time. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Time, yeah. time travel, time control. Number nine. <laughs> what job would you definitely not like to attempt? Oh my goodness. That's a tough one. I would not like probably something earlier, like with coordination, like being a dancer or something. I don't think I'd be able to do that. <laughs> It'd probably give me a lot of anxiety. Final question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Probably that you've done a good job and you've been a good servant. I've grew up a Christian. So, you know, being able to make it there and just being able to know that you've lived a fulfilling life would be good to hear, I guess. 
Nice. Now, I actually had two notes under here that this yeah. is my bad. I just realized that, yes, I wrote resilient starts with me that I wanted to <laughs> ask you about. And we've talked a little bit about that. Mm -hmm. But just before we hang up, it says STEM field. I always like to stress that beauty and brains are not mutually exclusive. And I can tell yeah. from, oh, given the, the area that you study, it, mm -hmm. it's a it's an area that needs a not insignificant amount of intelligence. But then you said there's still a bit of stigma when it comes to right, pageantry. And then, yeah. oh, you're, you're going to do a pageant, um, but then mm -hmm. beauty and brain. So talk to me a little bit about that because you are in the STEM field. You're a young yeah. woman. You're obviously a pretty young woman and you're in pageantry, yet you're also in the STEM field. Talk to me about that. Yeah. So like I said earlier, there's a misconception that beauty and brains can't coexist together. You can't pursue a career in medicine. You can't pursue a career in science and also be pretty. Like those just don't go mm -hmm. together that's what many people believe but you know as I've grown up being in college especially I've done what I can to disprove that I worked in a lab like I said earlier and it took me a while to get that position because I felt like I would get an interview and I'd go and I'd meet with these professors and I'd walk in with like a pink blazer you know with makeup on and they're just like mm, no and yeah. yeah so I finally found somewhere that believed in me and people that were great to work with and just being able to you know inspire other young girls out there that you yeah. can go after your dreams and you can do what you want to do at campus fire. When we talked about um, the environment and how we can take care of the planet, we did a STEM activity. So I taught the kids about oil pollution and we made lava lamps and kind of had a, a, a visual about that and what that looks like in our ocean. So just being able to incorporate that in our daily lives and, you know, be strong in who you are and chase after your dreams, no matter what you look like. And mm -hmm. my grandma, I mentioned her earlier. She's someone who's always taught me to not take no as an answer, to keep going and to never give up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Important life lesson yeah. there. And hopefully that sort of attitude towards young women is changing as well. Um, yeah. Hopefully over time. Mm -hmm. And just finally, you also wrote this, I used to be an introvert and pageants have truly helped me grow and come out of my shell. How introverted are we talking about? Because sometimes I talk to you guys and say, <laughs> oh yeah, I used to be an introvert or I still am an introvert. And I'm talking to you, I'm like, I can't see that, but how introverted are we talking about? So I guess still, it still kind of comes out when I like to recharge, I like to be by myself yeah. and be in the quiet yeah. and, you know, be to me. But definitely growing up, like I said earlier, I was scared to go up in front of class and turn a paper in because that meant I would be walking in front of my classmates, which everyone would be doing their work and not paying attention. Yeah. But yeah, it was so that was so nerve wracking for me. And um, I ended my senior year as class president. I was being able oh, wow. to, um, yeah, just um, growing in confidence is something that pageantry has instilled in me. And I truly believe that I wouldn't be pursuing a career to empower women. And I wouldn't be at a university with 30,000 kids if I didn't start pageantry when I was 15. And, you know, if you want to do something, I always tell people to go for it. You can't grow unless you're uncomfortable. And yeah, so definitely used to be pretty shy, pretty introverted, but you know, we're getting better. 30,000 kids. Yes. It's crazy. <laughs> I've, I've interviewed some people whose town doesn't have 30,000 people. You're at a yeah. college, a university that has 30,000 kids. What's, mm -hmm. what's the environment there like with, with so many kids? It's got to be pretty buzzing. Yeah. The Starbucks line is always so long. You have to like allot yourself an hour to go to Starbucks if you want a coffee. But um, yeah, just so many people crammed into this one area. I mean, I wouldn't trade it for anything being involved in campus and meeting so many different people. I grew up in, I'm from Nashville, but actually a smaller town outside of Nashville, like right. 20 minutes from downtown, but you know, next door there's a cow patch. So um, being able to come to a big a university and yes. Uh, <laughs> and just meet so many different people from different walks of life and people who are going after different careers and different goals has been awesome. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, sounds like a melting pot because you said yes. a lot of the people in um, in Tennessee and Nashville these days aren't actually from, weren't born in Nashville, they're not Nashville natives. Mm -hmm. So it would sound like it'd be really interesting to have that many young people around who want to change the world and achieve something all get together. I always think that's, you know, that's a genes genesis of greatness is you get a bunch of people who want to make something happen. Just yeah. put them in a room together and just watch <laughs> the fireworks happen. I think that's right. amazing. Mm -hmm. uh, final question, I promise. 
Yeah. How do you take your coffee? Definitely very sweet. I like it iced. I always do an iced vanilla latte with almond milk and cinnamon powder. That's my favorite from Starbucks. It's I tried to make it at home. I can't. It doesn't taste the same. So Starbucks gift cards are always appreciated. <laughs> <laughs> get it, get in that that little yeah. cheeky plug at so the all end. All my friends watching, you know what to get me. But well, you but just yeah. had your birthday, so I know it's too I'm late to be asking that now. Yeah. Okay. All right. Fair <laughs> enough. Well, Presley, it's been a pleasure getting to chat yeah. to you. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. And best of luck at the pageant. I'm sure you're going to do amazing. Thank I'll keep you. you on the line for just a sec whilst I hang out with the audience. Yeah. So thanks, everyone, for watching. And we'll speak yeah. to you next time. Bye. Bye for now. Hey, thanks so much for watching. Sorority Access is now open. So if you'd like to join an amazing group of women and learn how to be the most powerful, confident, and impactful queen possible, head to thepageantsorority.com. I'll see you there and see you in the next video. Oh, 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 oh,